Welcome to Untangling Christianity, episode number 36. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. We hope you'll come along for the conversation, and you can be part of that conversation by leaving comments at the website, untanglingchristianity.com slash 36. You'll also find related notes and links for this episode at the same place. A little background on today's conversation. So Greg and I are separated by about oh, 14 hours of driving and an international border, so it's not often that we see each other during the week. Although we we stay in touch here and there. So often when we meet to podcast, as we do, try to at least once a week, we sometimes catch up before we get going. Sometimes we just dive in and just never know what's going to happen. And I'm usually just recording it all because sometimes that's when the good stuff happens. So today seemed to be kind of one of those days. It was, uh, we had planned to uh, work our way through a book that we've been reading called Misunderstood God by Darren Hufford. We're about halfway through that book. We'll start publishing those when we finish the book and get caught up on some other stuff. So Greg was just sharing about some stuff that had been going on with him. And then I was kind of updating him as to where I was at. We were going to move to his, to a topic that he had uh, given a little thought to. And then the time just kind of got away. So we just called it a podcast. Rest assured, we do get to his topic. It's in the next episode or two or three from now. We're not sure yet. So here we go. My, uh, we started hearing these funny noises in the car. Like I only mentioned last night, like in the middle of the night, but actually we drove into Calgary. The short, short story is, um, three of the five nuts on the rear left, uh, wheel had become so loose that you could move the wheel with your hand easily. Like once it was up on the hoist, or like our wheel was falling off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And so we actually managed to find a mechanic, get it in there, and get it done. And uh, I was super, super, super impressed. I was just, wow. Wait, so, this happened yesterday? Yeah. I'm glad you're okay. That could have been tragic. Yeah, me too, you know. And I was thinking about, it was funny because, you know, Susan said that I'm so thankful was we were driving away from the mechanics. And the funny thing too was the bill. The bill was like, it was 200 bucks. He's like, well, your lug nuts are shot and your rims shot, but you know, the posts that they sit on that you attach the nuts to, they're actually not that bad. I'm just going to re, re, redo them a little bit here for you. And then you're fine. And then I'll retorque you. And it was 200 bucks. I was like, like, how much is it going to be? Like if the car is, is it going to be a five, six, 800 buck bill? So, and then she was, she, she was just saying all the, you know, people she's, things she's thankful about. And then I, you know, just started praying and and just, I just felt like it was important because, you know, I don't, I don't, I think you rarely, I don't know if we know that God has a, has a hand in things, but I was certainly just looking at the, the positive coincidences and, and thinking that you know, they're, um, they're at least very significant, the sort of things that I'd be tremendously thankful for. And, 
you know, sort of willing to, and maybe just should naturally be um, thanking God for whatever part God had in it. Or even just that it happened, that I'm, that I'm grateful and expressing my gratitude, you know, that this thing is the case and, and kind of even just sharing that gratitude uh, with God, like sharing my, my emotions, whether or not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really kind of feeling strongly that, you know, yes, God had a hand in this. And then obviously it's probably both, right? It's probably both of those things I think that God desires. On the one hand, that we be, you know, if we are in relationship with God, that we be perceptive to where that relationship may be um, kind of coming in contact with our daily reality in ways that, that offer possibilities that are rich and good and, and meaningful and we should be observing those or, or wondering about them and, and and commenting on them to God, you know. Um, so neither say, sort of saying, oh, this has nothing to do with God, nor nor necessarily saying, oh, this is all God, this and, and God God really wanted this and blah blah blah. I think we have to be careful about both of those two ends of the spectrum, but also just the idea of saying understanding that God wants us to share ourselves with God and that there's this sort of, you know, I felt just incredibly grateful that I had my whole family in the car. I mean, the wheel, I was driving it, you know, I'm up to what, 70, 75, depending upon where we're driving miles an hour. <laughs> and, uh, you know, wheel goes off at that speed. And, uh, you know, the only thing you're kind of asking yourself is, you know, how many people live? And you're hoping the, the answer is everyone. Um, so I didn't have to face that, but I could have, you know, it's with, with only two nuts left on the car that were f- solid and there, everything was worn. Whew. That's pretty bad. Yeah. So where do you want to take us today? No, it's where are you taking us? Oh, really? I say you just do the, do some type, do some sort of an intro and just, uh, drive the bus. Before you go to uh, where you want to drive to, I've got all this stuff bouncing around in my head. So I've been listening to this Jesus Lens thing, and he's, I'm, sh- I'm willing to bet money. You're like, well, yeah, of course that's how it works. It doesn't work like all these other books we've been reading. But <laughs> he's walking. He walked all the way through the New Testament. Uh-huh. He walked just from beginning to end of the New Testament. Oh, so had a great, it talked in Revelation, you know, about how, how much ridiculous stuff we try to pull from revelation and it's like mm-hmm. almost impossible to come to any conclusive. Like, yeah. Just, you can't. Then he starts in Genesis and the old Testament. He's basically explained why Christ came in the new Testament and all that. And then in the old Testament, he's talking about how he's kind of continuing the story and mm. then showing how the old Testament writers kind of got God wrong. Mm hmm. And all the messed up stuff that happens, like David and Bathsheba, and and he paints the David and Bathsheba story as David raped this woman. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'd always kind of heard it like, oh, they had this love affair, and he had adultery, and he was, you know, then Nathan comes, and but it was it was a sense of no, he's the king, and he saw this woman, and he said, I want to have this woman. And then mm-hmm. he kills her husband, and like all this stuff goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a very coherent way of explaining. I guess it's just this idea that, or it's a sense that I've gotten all this new information 
that just completely casts the Bible and God in a different light. And it's this it's casting God in the sense of God is a God of love and he loves us and this angry deity that needs to be satisfied you know that can't stand sin and needs a punishment to cover our sins so that he can bear to look at us and all this stuff that's fairly easily taken from the new Te- the old testament mm-hmm. it's like Wayne is just like podcast or podcast he just like or chapter after chapter, he just like laying it on its side. No, this doesn't work. No, this doesn't work. No, this isn't the whole story. No, you have to put this in the context of the entire Bible and the entire story and the entire kind of evolution of God revealing himself to humans. And, and this, I don't know, I think I'm just kind of at a point of a, a little overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, like, what if Wayne's right? What if Darren Hufford is right? You know, but how do we... <laughs> You know, for for my entire life, all this other stuff was right, and it didn't work either. Mm-hmm. So, how would we know this is really right? And I don't. Know. So, it's got me in one of those kind of weird mental places of I don't know where to, how to describe it. It's just kind of I feel like I'm in this kind of in between space of whoa, this is a different way of looking at it, completely different than the previous ways of looking at things. What does this mean? How do I internalize all this? How do I... Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Like, it's this... It's almost like... I don't know. It's like it's like purgatory. It's like... Or this, like this <laughs> in-between place. I don't know how to describe it. But it's, like, it's like this in-between place of struggle and grappling. And I feel a little kind of weighed down by it, I think, too. Mm-hmm. I've just been listening to it almost... Not nonstop, but I listen to some of it every single day. Even I'm walking... Yesterday I went to this totally gross grocery store and it was crowded with people on Saturday. I uh-huh. just I just took my iPod and I listened to it the whole time I was shopping. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it was like the best shopping experience ever. I was like totally <laughs> zoned out. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I don't care that there's five people in front of me. Whatever. I'll just wait for you to clear the aisle, then I'll I'll keep listening. Well, it sounds like what I'm hearing you describe is almost like that you you're coming to an equilibrium point between um, a really dense amount of information and perspective that's been given to you, that you've been exposed to, that you've been made to kind of, not really forced to, but just just through your it being the only thing in your environment and it being really ubiquitous, just really omnipresent in your environment. You've just taken it in and yet you've had so much. I mean, I remember you talking to me about a long time ago before we started, uh, um, you know, uh, our podcasting, um, talking about Wayne Jacobson and talking about the God journey and talking about the impact that that had on you and that this was really interesting to you. And so it seems to me like what you've got now is you've got a whole lot of, you know, dense, equally dense. And, and, and I think, um, far more compelling, at least, you sound like you're more compelled by, you know, what we talk about and what you're hearing in the God journey and some of the things you might read in um, Hufford's Misunderstood God uh, than you are with this other stuff. And I, it sounds like you're reaching an equilibrium, but I, my hunch is um, you're also approaching a critical mass. Yeah, well, it's also, I think as you're talking, it, it kind of came clear. It's, 
it's also this kind of deep-seated, oh my gosh, this is too good to be true. Ah. This is too easy. What's that about? What's what about? Too good to be true. Well, that 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 it doesn't require all this uh, work and angst and suffering and uh, brute force of will and duty and just all this stuff <laughs> that I've that I've been given and understood like how God, who God is and how he works. And, but it's, then it's all mixed up too. And like all this, we don't have to spend, we don't have to, I, I would seriously want to go down your path. I don't know that there's that much in mind today. Cause it's, I don't feel like I'm thinking very clearly today, but it's like, but wait, this is so, this, this all just makes so much sense, but yet it seems too simple. It seems too good to be true. And if it is true, then I, then it throws me into that cycle of, well, then how can all these other people be so misled? And how can there be so many books like not a fan? And how can there be all these <laughs> churches around me preach the same crap that don't have this understanding of God that if they listen to like Olive Wayne Jacobson or if they could even handle like five of his podcasts, they'd be like, this guy is a nut job. He's he's totally liberal. He is taking the he's not, you know, doing a literal reading of the scriptures. He's. Hmm. you know gone off into the just bizarre place but yeah so i just think it's to me the funny part about all of it is i think you guys would agree on like 90 percent. there's i'm i think there's always gonna be something you're like nah, i don't totally agree with him there but the bulk of his message and where he's going and how he understands god from the context of love it's like okay, I've got him and I've got you and I don't have very many other people that think the same thing. So like, hmm. why, how can you guys, how can you and Wayne be right? But these, mm-hmm. all these other people have it wrong. Hmm. So that's my, uh, not to be soft today, but <laughs> that's where my brain is. No, then that's a great place to go with it. And and I would, I'll just throw one thing back to you. Like if I can put two things out, yeah. One is back to you about, I get too good. When you say it's too good to be true, I get too good. And I get the notion of, uh, I'm amazed at this. Or, wow, I mean, this is incredible. This is, that it could be this way. It's the to be true part that I wonder about. And I, uh, you know, if you wanted to focus on it at another time, you mentioned that you don't want to do that today, then I would be interested in digging into the to be true part. Um, how so? What, well, what do you mean by to be true? I'm not following that part. You said it's too good to be true. And, and I guess I could see, I could hear you saying, wow, you know, this is just too good. This is amazing. This is, this is, this is crazy. This is over the top. This is just, wow, I could do it this way. Wow, wow, wow. You know, it's like me talking about, um, it's like, it's my, all been, it's like, it's all been packaged too, too smooth. <laughs> It's like he's it's like he's taken all the mystery out of it, you know, and that's been a part of my past is mystery and we can't quite understand and it's beyond us cuz we're just human beings. <laughs> and, and you can't make sense of all this stuff. So the more you try to make sense of it, the more you turn God into something that he can't be cuz God is beyond us and we're just puny humans. <laughs> okay. 
Well, yeah, and taking the yeah, and the whole thing about mystery, I think, is pretty important. And I would say there's still mystery there, but I mean, some of the places we've put mystery, I think we've 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 created a system that's unworkable, and we're allowing we're we're we've we've put mystery in the place of relationship. Well, no, and mystery is used to lock ways. and and mystery is used to lock doors that people don't want you to go into. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Say it again. No, they've they've used mystery to like lock certain doors that they don't want you to walk through. Now, yeah, and that could be like seven podcasts right there. Like, why don't <laughs> why don't we why don't they want to let you walk through those doors? I don't know. See, I don't think they've got answers. I think once you start walking through some of those doors, then they you know their confidence is built on certain places where they you know they take a stick and they poke the ground. They're like, the ground is solid here. You can walk here. And they walk, pull, walk around a little bit and they poke the ground and it's like, ooh, the ground's a little mushy over there. Well, yeah, it's mushy because we're dealing with tensions. We're dealing with, with complexities. We're dealing with things that need to be formulated, that need to integrate, to have a and, – and, you know, this is part of what I'm big on, this whole integration between life and text, between what it is to believe in God, what it is to have a relationship with God, and what it is to have a relationship with my world, to live as a real human being in the world. Those two things go together and they intertwine in a way that is mutually empowering, reinforcing, and illuminating. Empowering, reinforcing, and illuminating. It works better. It works more vigorously. And it brings more understanding. And instead what we do when we lock these things away, when we kind of focus and we put this hierarchy on biblical truth... And we kind of, you know, reject ideas or we poo-poo or look down on notions like experience and emotions. We're just, we're just like, it's like cutting a human being in half or, or, or at least in some fraction. I don't know if it's half. You know, and then other things kind of are a little questionable too in certain cir- circles. You know, the imagination. Well, what's the imagination good for? I don't need imagination. I'm dealing with real facts like God exists, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, you've totally, you're totally, you've lost the boat, totally. You've even totally lost the boat on what the art of reading is because you know what? You're not reading uh, a chronicle. You're not reading a step-by-step ingredient list. You're reading narratives. You're reading stories. So, I mean, I could go down. There's, there's a bunch of podcasts down that road too. <laughs> um, but, you, you, know, you know, your other point though, your other point I think is just so like sometimes it would just, just, just being on the other end of the microphone here I and mean, when I'm listening to you, it's, it's so um, – you know, it's it's not just refreshing. It's 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 so hopeful and encouraging because some of the questions that like I'm kind of, in other words, I get to kind of be party to this kind of process that you're in, this journey that you're on, and you know, I'm on my own too, but I get to share in yours, and I see these, you know, where yours are going based on some of the things you're focusing on and that are bugging you and the questions that are being raised, and I'm just really impressed. So, so from where you're sitting. Do you, because from where I'm sitting, I've been going through like, I don't know, six months of just, I'm going nowhere. Mm. Well, or more thinking just kind of about my life in general. But sometimes Mm -hmm. about, sometimes, you know, the fear that I have about our podcast is, I mean, I did this with the full intention that I don't have it figured out and we're just going to kind of uh, live stream (laughs) Yeah, John's spiritual journey and questions and whatever, and also in the process of debunking the stuff that we come along that we think is a little problematic, hopefully helping other people. 
Yeah. But there's there's always that kind of nagging fear of like, what if it's three years later and I'm just haven't made any progress? <laughs> What if we end the podcast because, you know, John never came to faith or never like completely <laughs> figured it out. But no, there's other there's other things I could share that are. Yeah. And I don't know how to really bring them in, but they're little glimmers of hope. They're little glimmers of like, oh, OK, I, I can say with reasonable certainty that there was a little divine intervention over there. Yeah. The, I think God did show up over there. He showed mm. up here. Oh, he showed up for a few moments today. Or I put it a better way. I don't like that language. God's always around. I just, I'm not able to see him. I, I, I'm wanting to change it in orientation in my mind. Because in the past, I was dug into this position of God didn't show up that, you know, that whatever you want to call him. But <laughs> I don't want to call him any names. But just a sense of like, come on, man, you never showed up. And I'm really pissed about it. And mm-hmm. now a sense of, well, I could also approach it from, and I think this would be more of a Wayne Jacobson approach or suggestion, which is God is everywhere. Ask him to help you to be able to see him better. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so I guess the question I was going to ask you is, so, so from where you're sitting, do you see me making progress and like putting pieces together in ways that make sense that you're like, Oh, he, yeah, yeah. I see a little light coming on over there, a little light coming on over there. Like, is that, what are you seeing? Well, I see that. I, I see you helping me too. But like when you, um, I, I, when you were just speaking there about, you know, seeing, uh, you know, there, there are certain sort of situations that have occurred where you can see glimmers or possibilities of, uh, of, of God. And, and I guess I would say that, um, your perception of those things is important for your journey and and anyone in your position likewise those things would be important however i think that it's also important in other words that to say it differently i think that what is also important are the things that i see about you as your friend as somebody who cares about you who is uh who knows you and knows what's going on who loves you you know, who's kind of deeply involved in this process, you know, as your friend and as somebody who's also going, going through his own process. Um, and I guess this is kind of, maybe it's the, it's, it's an interesting counterpart to the notion of testimony within Christianity. Testimony is typically taken to be this thing where by, I tell you things you wouldn't normally know about me and God. But maybe, and I think, Maybe not, maybe, definitely, and maybe it doesn't happen as often as it should. Definitely, there's this other part where people in relationship can be telling each other things they see in the other or around it or about or concerning the other person where they are observing things that that other person maybe doesn't. It's just like, you know, when you... That's uh, what we call accountability groups at church. It's not about accountability. <laughs> this is this is not about like I'm crap totally you done wrong. <laughs> this this is about the, this is the, the cool old stuff. cynical part of me coming out. <laughs> <laughs> we I need to know, meet for accountability seems, meetings every week, Greg. That just seems so undercutting that idea. Like there there is a place for that type of stuff. How you do it, when you do it, with whom you do it, those are all questions. I wouldn't discount it entirely at all. But 
let's say you have relatives on the East Coast and you're on the West Coast and you don't get over there very often. And so you've got a niece and a nephew and you haven't seen them for two years and you go back over there and the first thing you go is, wow, you guys are so much bigger. And, you know, depending upon how old they are, once they get to a certain age, it's like, it's not cool to say that anymore. You kind of out yourself as like, the, you know, the weird uncle. But, <laughs> you know, when they're young enough, you could, you could say that because <clears throat> you're shocked. You're like, wow, what a change. And so, you know, I don't live with you every day. We, we talk every week. But I, 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 you know, there, there's the majority of the week passes without us having this type of kind of focused, intense interaction. And so I do have that kind of, you know, relative from afar, you know, kind of reuniting with other family members and seeing the differences in, in greater contrast because the time periods have been longer, right? I'm not there to go through everything with you. And so part of this whole idea, I don't know if it's testimony or if it's simply, you know, we, we call it feedback, but I think it's really, it's kind of, um, you know, here's a word that I don't use very often because I, f I don't know that I see any real value in it because it doesn't say to me anything that other words don't say better. And that's the word fellowship. So if you mean by fellowship, we're going to go and hang out. I so like you're kinship go and hang out. better. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's kinship, but kinship, yeah, there, I don't know. Maybe I'm... Not quite. I'm stealing that from Gregory Boyle. Oh yeah, he's he has a book called Tattoos on the Heart. Oh and yeah, his work in uh, he's a Jesuit priest in Los Angeles. Okay, highly recommend the book. Um, and he he has this idea of kinship, which is being with others. Hmm. And that's, that's the it. focus: being with them. Not trying to convince them of something, not trying to convert them, just being with them and loving them. That's an interesting idea. You Fellowship know? to me has a little too much baggage from church, I think. Well, and yeah, and, and that's why for me it's just a, it's actually a non-useful word. I, I, I never employ it. And when people use it, I translate it in my head. And I say, how is this different than saying, I want to hang out, I want to spend time, I want to get together, I want to have a potluck, I want to... Right. Like, what exactly are you doing? Well, I think there's some understood connection going on. Uh, or connecting emotionally, I don't know, mentally. I'm just not generous with that. I just, I just don't see that, how that word does something. It just kind of, it's, it's one of those Christianese words. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's like your tonsils. It's like, what are they there for? No idea, they don't seem to be doing anything. I don't know that you should always get rid of your tonsils, but I don't go around, you know, focusing on them either. <laughs> so, but that word, I don't know. That word testimony is interesting because when I hear testimony, the only definition that word has for me is someone mm. standing up and giving their testimony about how they became a Christian. That's all testimony means. Yeah, I, I don't... If you I, push me, I could broaden it. But when I hear testimony, it's like... Oh yeah, let me. You know, it's that that little segment in the Sunday morning service where someone gets up and gives their testimony, and that compels other people to believe. Huh? Yeah, you see, I, I would say the testimony is more uh, rightly, you know, uh, accounts of, of of me sharing accounts of my relationship with God with others. 
uh, or my understandings about God, or it is something which in Christian community brings us corporately more into right relationship with God. And they are, it's not just, this isn't teaching so much as, as it counts. And, you know, here's, it's so, so fascinating. You know, we're big on, big on testimony and down on experience and emotions. And what exactly is testimony largely comprised of? It's about our understandings and emotions related to our experiences about what we perceive to be experiences of God. <laughs> you know, well, describing I, those experiences, I did this yeah. and I did this and I had this experience and this experience and this experience. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, I, I see like even in your question about, um, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, again, this coming back to this critical mass idea or this, this, you know, you've got this huge amount of dense material from your childhood and your upbringing. And then you, you've started to amass this really uh, dense and uh, compelling amount of material now more recently. And, you know, the, the question is, Hey, you know, you, you, might is not always right, but why are there so many people in this other camp? And why are there so few people in this camp? What the heck is going on? You know, and how can I justify this? If I'm thinking, if you, you know, I'm guess I'm guess what I'm, I'm kind of putting myself in your shoes and, and trying to trying to reframe this from my, in my words, if I'm really thinking of taking this this new material seriously, how can I do that in light of so, the overwhelming numbers of people who see it the other way? Well, in two thousand years of church history that have come to the conclusions that I grew up with. Well, okay, but I I need to be pretty. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> to to think that the that the North American, the current North American evangelical, if you can if you can kind of create in your, a status quo, because there are so many different nuances and even differences in major perspective amongst current evangelical churches. Even if you take um, no, that's ma- mainline churches. No, that's fair. I'm just that. The Christian culture that I'm familiar with would pat itself on the back and say that we we have over the past two thousand years understood it this way, and this is the right way but you you raise a good point that it's a little broader than that yeah i th- I think the whole kind of how faithful any particular perspective is to its um, historical roots is um, a question that requires at least a fair amount of investigation. Oh, no, it doesn't because it's we've been true to the Bible. We've been, we're rooted, we're, we're a biblical, our church is based on biblical principles. And, and we don't, you know, we don't base our beliefs on this kind of airy-fairy stuff where it's all based in the Bible. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, but... we read the Bible correctly every single time we go to it, and we use it correctly every time we go to it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, I've taken Thank you a... for my evangelical reality check. <laughs> I'd like to call it a different word, but I, I think that word is being censored by later later editing. So I'll just I won't bother. I'll skip the editing. Uh, um, we can leave, let's leave this one here and 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 go to your topic. Okay, well, I, this is so rich, though. Um, I mean, yeah, okay. I'll round, round this out and then okay. go to yours. I guess I'd round it out by saying that um, the historical question is important, 
And I think by by historical people, yeah, you're right. You made a good point. They just sort of go to the Bible, but but they don't realize that that the way that they're even reading certain verses, the way that they are reading certain chapters, and certain books, is dependent upon the, um, I guess, enormous and 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 convincing work, convincing in its own time period, of certain major figures. You know, so if you look at what uh, a broadly reformed perspective is within evangelical Christianity, that perspective cannot even, you know, we you can't say we just read the Bible this way because this is how it appears to us. You have to say, really, this is how we read the Bible as it appears to us because we've been brought up to believe following that the works of of, of Luther and particularly Calvin you know, and maybe some antecedents back into Augustine, though how how well they do that is a, is a question often for me. Um, there have been years and years and years and years and and hundreds and hundreds of books put out at various levels, from scholarly to to completely, uh, you know, every, every day uh, that have taken on this that have taken on this perspective and been in. In, 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 it's kind of like this, you know, when you talked about, hey, I've got all this stuff from my upbringing. Well, you put the upbringing of that many people, that many generations who have been taught, you know, this is the right way to see it. This is the right way to see it. This is the right way to see it. Well, there, this is the way you read that verse. And to be able to be, to have the capability of being open to the possibility of other readings is itself quite a feat. Well, it's kind of jarring. I think that's, mm. it's, it's jarring and it's unsettling and it's, yeah, it's kind of like you're ripping the foundation out. So, I mean, I think mm-hmm. this kind of ties, this kind of wraps up somewhat nicely that as, as I hear you approaching the Bible and as I hear Wayne Jacobson approaching the Bible, the assumptions and the, and the lens through which they're looking at the Bible is completely different than my background. Mm-hmm. Whether it be, what exactly is sin? Uh, why exactly did Jesus come? Mm-hmm. What's really going on in the Old Testament in terms of the way that how people understood God? Mm-hmm. And uh, no, you can't take every single verse in the Old Testament and say that this is who God is and this is God's heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Is there more you wanted to add to that? Well, no, and I guess, well, I think the core question, I mean, you, 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 you have hit on the core question, you know, if, if what um, Wayne is saying, and in, in, in this podcast, when, when kind of we have interactions, if what I am saying is valid, how can that be valid? in light of other people's perspective and, and how is that, you know, and I, I, I guess, I guess what I would say is, no, uh, let me finish the sentence. How can that be valid in light of the fact that other people have such differing perspectives, see things in such a different light? And I guess what I would say is two things. One is that is perhaps, that is one of the central questions. And number two, I don't think we're there yet. No, but it's. I think it's one of the most troubling for me. It's for me, yeah. and probably and it's probably some people listening. It's probably one of the most troubling questions, and I would encourage everyone out there to keep to grapple with. Don't run from the, <laughs> don't run from the grappling. I can say from past experience, 
that this is the hardest part. Mm-hmm. The grappling and the, yeah. the, the feeling totally like your foundation has been ripped out and that you've been jarred and you don't know which end way is, which end is up because eventually the, eventually it all does settle down and then it, the, hope eventually comes or and not hope eventually comes. There is hope. And, uh, yeah, I'm not making any sense right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think what I'm trying to say is, well, I, what I also want to say is, you know, we're just two guys behind microphones publishing stuff on the internet. So if you think we're totally crazy, that's, fo- that's okay. Like, we hope you'll keep listening and participate in the conversation. And, um, I think Greg is probably more set in his views and what he thinks definitely than I am, but we still want to talk about stuff and we still want to make sure that, you know, we're not breathing too much of our own exhaust at the same time. Yeah. You know, and I think the important part is not if people are feeling, you know, it's, it's natural to feel threatened or to feel uncomfortable at least. Uh, Maybe threatening is part of that discomfort. Maybe not. But to feel uncomfortable if you believe that something that is very important and valuable is being mistreated. And I think I would very much like if people are listening and are having that experience or if they're having an experience somewhere along a spectrum of, you know, confusion to even agreement, the interaction and the feedback would be great. If you're critical, please be critical. Please write in. Please give us an email. You can do that privately. Please post something on the blog by way of response. And if you're going to be critical, um, even more than if you're going to be complimentary, because I, I really appreciate the complimentary ones, but we learn. I learn. There's a stretching and a kind of, um, oftentimes when people are critical, they're zeroing, zeroing in on something that's not quite clear, something that doesn't quite make sense, something that's not quite convincing. And in order for us to really bring out the substance of what that is, you know, I may be very convinced and I may think that I'm being clear about something and John and I share a long history. And so there's a lot of times in a podcast where I can make a shortcut and I don't notice I'm doing it and John doesn't notice I'm doing it, but we've had some interactions with uh, a a listener and and she is very quick to pick up on these and that, that her perceptivity in that area and her questions have been so helpful. Because it's just brought out these areas where we need to expand and be more uh, clear and more comprehensive. And so if you're, if you're going to be critical, bring as much information as you can. Say, you know, I don't think this is right. This bothers me because of that. Or, you know, I feel kind of funny when I think about it this way. What about this thing over here? You know, and would you see that the same way? And just the more you give us, the more we have to work with, and uh, the more that we can understand where you're coming from. And that's just... Uh, that's a little bit of gold. You know, when people think, uh, my personal view about conflict and, uh, you know, so speaking of that, I, I, I think I've got my courses all settled out. I am, what am I? I think I'm four months away from having my mediation certification. So as a mediator, as somebody who will be working in the field of mediation, I am comfortable with conflict. I believe that conflict is basically a situation where we have two people who believe uh, passionately about something, who are very uh, uh, um, connected to something that is important for their lives, and bringing that out, expressing what those things are, and then looking for middle ground. That's something that I like to do. Doesn't mean you can you can mediate everything. Doesn't mean there's a middle ground to everything. 
I'm not suggesting there's a middle ground to, you know, the either or proposition of, of, of Jesus is either is or is not the son of God. There's no kind of middle ground to that. You're making decisions on that, right? But for a lot of things, there are some both ands. For a lot of things, there are some mediated positions. And I'm certainly insisting on that when it comes to seeing Christianity as love and truth. Well, the spooky music means only one thing. This episode's over, but another one's on the way. Thanks for listening to Untangling Christianity. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. So leave a comment at our website, untanglingchristianity.com slash 36. If you'd like to be notified by email when new episodes are released or other news, subscribe to our mailing list, also available in the right sidebar of the website. We welcome your questions, comments, or suggested future discussion topics by email. Send those to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. And if you're looking for just one more way to give feedback on the podcast, we're running a survey. Untanglingchristianity.com slash survey. Music on this podcast is made available by Kevin McLeod over at incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license. Thank him for his generosity by supporting him at his website. Tune in next week for a new episode.